Hello friends, it's good to be with you again. Uh, one of the things we have been doing here at St. Philip Deacon since this time of pandemic has been not only virtually live streaming our Sunday morning services, but also we've been doing a morning prayer service uh, the other six days of the week actually. If you've not checked that out, I invite you to look for that on uh, our live stream page. You can also find it on YouTube and Facebook. Um, We've been using daily texts as the reading for those uh, daily morning prayer services. And one of the readings that's actually coming through those daily lectionary readings right now is uh, stories from the book of Exodus, which is the story of Moses. And as we got to those readings, I was reminded of how much I love that story. Um, and by the way, on the daily lectionary thing, I will will include a link in this video to a website where you can actually subscribe to those readings if it's something that interests you. Uh, there's an Old Testament reading, a New Testament reading, a gospel reading, a psalm, every day of the year. Um, but back to Moses, I was reminded how much I love the story of Moses, and so both for this episode and the next episode, um, I wanna just share one of the things that I love so much about this story. Uh, we use the story of the 10 plagues, by the way, every year, um, or actually a few times a year for our First Communion children. And one of the things I share with them is that if they're interested in this story, they should watch a movie called The Prince of Egypt, which every year I do it, it it's further in the rearview mirror. But it's a wonderful retelling of the story of Moses. Um, and I would commend that. It's, it's an animated feature, but it's a wonderful story um, or, or movie retelling of Moses. So to recapture a little bit, Moses, of course, is raised, as the story or the title of that movie reminds us, by uh, the Egyptian pharaoh as part of the royal household. He is a prince of Egypt. Um, the Hebrew people are building you know, all of these public works in Egypt. Uh, they're being oppressed by uh, the royal family. And Moses knows he comes from that uh, group of people, the Hebrew people, and he gets angry one day and he kills one of the slave masters. And that sends him away from Egypt. He goes to another place called Midian, uh, where he marries, he has a son, and he is there for a long time. It actually says in Exodus 2, after a long time, the king of Egypt died. So Moses begins an entirely new life. And it's at that point, uh, when he's comfortable, when he's happy, when he's content, that God comes to him in the burning bush, this famous encounter where God um, invites Moses to go back to Egypt, to go back to a place where he is wanted for murder, uh, to go back to a place that is a long time in his past uh, and free the people, right? To ask the most powerful person in the world, let my people go. Moses, as you can imagine, has a few questions about this. Um, and part of uh, chapter three in Exodus, the story of this burning bush, is some of those questions that, that Moses asks. Uh, I would, again, commend it to your reading. But the point I wanna draw to you is one particular verse. As Moses is encountering God, as God is inviting Moses to go and do this work, Moses says effectively, how do I know it's really you, God, that's sending me? Give me a, a sense of certainty here. Give me a sign. And in verse uh, 12, chapter 3, verse 12, God says this, I will be with you, and this shall be the sign for you that it is I who sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall worship God on this mountain. Now remember, what has Moses asked for? 
God, give me a sign. Help me understand that it's really you. And what does God say? God says, after you leave the comfort of your house, after you go back to Egypt, after you confront the most powerful person in the world, Pharaoh, after you ask him, demand that he frees these Hebrew people, after you free them from slavery, after you get them out of Egypt, then you will worship me on this mountain. And you can imagine Moses saying something like, God, I'm not sure you understood my question. I was looking for something a little more immediate. Could you prove to me right now, here, today, that it's you? But that isn't the way God works. What God asks Moses to do, and this is a word that comes up a lot in our faith, is to trust. We use the word faith regularly in place of trust. I'm going to use trust there instead. Faith tends to suggest, do we know some information? Do we understand something correctly? Trust suggests, are you willing to put your life on the line for this? Do you trust not only this doctrine, but this person? And Moses, of course, in the end, does decide with every fiber of his being that he trusts that this really is God and he goes and does this work. What I want to say to you today is, uh, yes, we're called as Christians to trust God, but I want to remind you just as importantly that God trusts you. God trusted Moses to go and free his people, and today, in this time, in this place, God has important work for you to do, and God is inviting you on a journey to do it. Thanks as always for listening. Be well, stay in touch, and God bless.